Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right, you ready? Let's yeah. pray. All right. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. We, we, uh, we thank you for the opportunity always that we have to study and to learn and grow. Uh, we want a relationship with you, Father, and we know that you want one with us. And we just thank you for the opportunity we have to uh, see what you have to say to us. Father, we, there's so much chaos out there, so much, so much upheaval, and it's so, much, so many families are in such chaos. And this is one way where, where peace of mind and hope can come. And we thank you for that, Father. We pray your blessings upon us as we study, and we pray your blessings on those that are watching, that they might uh, that they might find maybe for the first time some sense of semblance of peace and hope in their own lives. And we thank you for that. Bless us, Father, as we study, and thank you for your sons. In His name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right, uh, we've been studying for for a bit about uh, being holy, being you know. We looked at at the. God telling the nation of Israel, look, you're going to go through this land. You're going to start going. I'm going to, I'm going to set you off on foot and you're going to pass by all these people. And all these people are going to have all these practices that you need to stay away from. You need to keep your mind, yourself clean and holy. You know, they're not going to be able to do that. They're not going to pull it off, but that's what his expectation is for them. His expectation is, is to be holy, be set apart from these people. Don't, don't be, become a part of them. We talked about it last uh, for the last three weeks. We've been talking about, you know, them offering their children and don't do this and don't do that and don't do these sexual sins because that's what the people were going to do well in our culture today we're just like that we have all this stuff we talked about that some i don't think we talked enough about what is it going to mean you know and and Cole, i mean lee's going to pull up romans chapter 15 romans chapter 15 and verse 4 says that everything that was written in the past written for our learning that we might have hope that we, through that encouragement we might have hope you know, people are hopeless today because they don't they don't have any understanding of of what is out there. What's what do we what is required of me? What am I supposed to be doing here? What does this mean? What is the Leviticus twenty? What does it mean to me? I understand what it means to these people. Stay away from them people. Okay, that's pretty generic when it comes to me. Stay away from them people. Well, that's not the same same dynamic. So I got a question for you today. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, you were always asking me questions. Well, I got one for you. Uh, when you came to God. Okay, and and you realize that that a, a change of life was going to be necessary in your life. What did that look like to you? Because what I want reason I ask this is because because I know that people out there are saying, "Well, man, I'm a good person. I go to church pretty regular. I give a little bit of money. I help people on the street corner when they begging for money. I give them money. So I'm really a good person." But you found out? Did you find out that that's not enough? Well. 
what I would say, what I would say I realized is that I've got to start at square one. I think I know a lot of things. I think I know um, this, that, or the other, mm -hmm. you know, and what I realized is I didn't know any of it. And so that's, that's really what, what you have to do uh, when you come to Christ, or even, even if you've been in Christ a long time, you have to stop and reevaluate everything you think you know, and you have to evaluate it. You have to run it through the filter of the book. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know the book, you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would say. Um, yeah. What it looked like for me, though, I mean, I, I, and I came to this, that understanding, I would say, within the first year that I was a Christian. Um, but part of that, a lot of that year um, was spent at sunset studying scripture and being confronted with a lot of scripture. And it, it kind of forced me to realize that. Um, but I'll say what holiness looked like <clears throat> for me, because that seems to be what, what the question is. What, how did I, how did I put this changed life in, into well, action? What I'm, what, what I'm looking for is, is it, there had to be a starting place. I have to make some, I have to sit down and I have to honestly look at my life and say, this is going to have to change. Yeah. I got rid of my cell phone. You got rid of your cell phone. I got rid of my cell phone. Okay. I, I totally ditched my cell phone, completely my smartphone, uh, because of all the things that are on it. Okay. I mean, it's it's instant access to, it's supposed to be this vaunted instant access to all of mankind's collective knowledge and 90%, 98% of internet traffic is pornography. Mm -hmm. So I got rid of my cell phone. You know, I'm a young man. I grew up in the world. I have, I have my own problems and that cell phone was an entrance into that. And so I ditched that thing okay. faster than you could, you could, you know, so that was the first thing, what else? <laughs> first thing, um, we started going to church. We tried, uh, we tried to find something that was convenient. We tried to find something that would work. Right. So we lived in, I worked in Alice, Texas. I was converted in Alice, Texas, uh, with, uh, the minister there at, at Morningside Drive Church of Christ. And I lived in Edinburgh, Texas, which is about a hundred and hundred miles away. About wow. so, I had to I had to figure out where I was going to go to church. And we were going to a, a Baptist church at the time, uh, where I was dying, right? Where my wife was dying, where I was dying, where they didn't preach and teach the truth. And so that's not a dig at at Baptist churches. That's just saying at, at that, that church, at, at that, that specific church, church right? So, you know. Uh, I, I was figuring we were going to keep going there. And I was talking to the minister who, who studied with me and baptized me. And, um, he said, well, if you were dying there, if they weren't teaching the truth there, why would you want to go back? And the reason I wanted to go back was because it had a great kids program. You know, I wanted to go, you know, they had a, they had a building for the kids and they had all this stuff for the kids. And so I wanted to keep taking my kids there. And I thought, well, that's, you got a point. If they're not teaching the truth, then what am I doing? So then we set off on a journey of trying to find a congregation that we were going to go to. And so we tried a couple of different uh, Churches of Christ in McAllen, and that didn't really work. Um, you know, there were issues with, with each of them, and it was a glaringly obvious when we would go, right? We went to one really small congregation, and we asked them, you know, do you, do you have anything for children? And they really didn't. And instead of just being upfront and honest, like, look, we're, we're a congregation of 20 people. We know we don't, you know, you, that would have been fine had they just said that, but they didn't, they tried to pretend like they had something. And so that, that didn't really work out very well. Um, and so we kept looking, but it, what we ended up having to do is we just ended up having to drive to Morningside. Um, I told every my wife, Sunday. every Sunday. And I told my wife, I said, look, these two hours, are, one way. 
yeah, yeah, about about an hour and a half. About, um, I said this this is where I started learning the truth. This is where we're gonna go. And so we'd get up Sunday morning and we'd drive an hour and a half to Alice. And we, if they had the luncheons, we'd stay, we'd do all that, and then we drove an hour and a half back. And that was really our lot. Okay. Um, Let me ask you another question. On top of that, you know, we got that's kind of that's kind of the beginning, the elementary part of it. You know, there was some specific things that needed to be changed. Sure. That you know, got rid of the cell phone, had to make a decision about church, what we're going to do, and and I think it's all all pertinent to people that are watching. Yeah. What you find was the most difficult thing to change? Hmm. Um, man, that's a, that's a tough question. The most difficult thing for my wife was me getting rid of my cell phone because <laughs> okay. she couldn't call me whenever she wanted anymore. Yeah. And, uh, that, that was certainly the most, the most difficult, difficult for, for the two of you, for the two of us. Yeah. Not for me. I didn't really care. In fact, if, uh, if I didn't have this job, uh, I wouldn't have a cell phone and I wouldn't have a Facebook, but because I have this job, I have to have both. Sure. So, and I'm trying to figure out ways that I can. I can finagle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I could still finagle getting rid of the phone if I could. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's that wasn't the most difficult. I think the most difficult part for me was making that commitment to make that drive every Sunday. And once I had made it and I started doing it, it became a lot easier. Okay. So once it became routine. So what we're what 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 I'm trying to get you guys to to understand is you're going to have to make some decisions. To be holy, you have to make decisions. Yeah. And sometimes they're very difficult to make. And you've got to, you know, you may spend your whole life making them and and not. And you know, I, I wrote one of my questions down here was, did you find that personality traits are more difficult to get a handle on than, ev than everyday sin problem? Mm. Because sometimes personality traits are the things that make you sin. So I would say that's what I'm working on now. I would say that in my mind, that's the next step, right? So the first step I would say for me, and, and we're just talking about how it worked for me, right? So the first step for me was, I don't want to sin. Yeah. And so trying to... And that's the holiness part. Yeah. You set apart from it. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to sin. And so trying to fix things in my life to make it so I don't sin. And that was always my focus, right? You'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like, okay, today I'm not going to do this, this. Yeah. right? And uh, what you find out is it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, so I would say the second phase, once you realize that you can't force yourself, right, that you really just have to accept God's holiness and God's grace and his mercy, you have to accept those things. Um, I'd say the second part is that, is starting to figure out, maybe that's the third part, I don't know, but it's starting to figure out, wait a minute, well, you know, the, there are certain things about me I've got to change. That, that's what I was What I was thinking as we ended last week and I'm thinking, I was driving home and I'm thinking, you know, we didn't really cover, how, how does this connect us? You know, right. how do, you know, it, it tells them people to be holy. Well, of course, they got all this, all this trauma, Molech and Chemosh and, and, you know, all these, you know, sexual perversion in every town they're going to go to. And I'm thinking, man, people are watching. They got the same stuff. We've, we've got it today. It hasn't changed. We've got it today. We just call it different. Yeah. Well, yeah. and again, the lie is that I'm a good person. Yeah. Jesus legitimately said, call no one good, but the father. Yeah. I mean, there is only one good, a good being, and that is God. And when you look at, at when you look at this transformation process, because it tells us we looked at it last week, Romans twelve says that you know be transformed, don't conform, be transformed. We talked about that. Well, that transformation transformation process is going to be a lifetime event oh, yeah. in your life. Yeah. And the, probably the most difficult thing is is to change personality traits. 
change how you think, how you see your how how you how you've been how you've been brought up. Change how you think about life. Those kind of things, you know, when you when you are not willing to change them, it makes a very definite difficulty in a marriage. Well, and that's and I'd say that's the biggest thing is be willing to change. Mm -hmm. You know, my I had an instructor who used to say the whole goal when we study the Bible is to lay our lives down right alongside the text. Mm -hmm. And where we see differences, where we see problems, not to change the text, but to change ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's 100% true. I agree with that statement. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got to change our, James would say it this way, you go and you look in a mirror. Mm -hmm. And if you, you don't put it into practice what you learn, if you don't change, then what you're doing is just walking away, forgetting everything you've seen. And so it's it's very true. You've got to be you've got to come to the book willing to change. If you don't come to the book willing to change, yeah. you're not you're not going to change. You're just going to get more. You're not going to change. You just keep doing what you're going to do. Yeah, and that and that was the that was the, the whole point of this this question is you know that guys that that this is a guy that's been that's only been a Christian five or six years and he's in the transformation process is you know for a guy like me you know it's been ongoing for forty years. So I've gotten a handle on some things, some things I haven't. The the most difficult thing is is changing personality. And what I mean by that is is I'm a guy, okay? And I have learned over the years that I don't think the same way my wife does. And I have had to learn to adapt and change how I think and how I view things and try to see them from her perspective. Well, I'm not a spiritual being. Right. God is. And so I have to change and adapt my personal personalities. And that's difficult. If I let's say that I've grown up with a trauma in my life, whatever it may be, I don't know what it might be, and it has affected me in a negative way, and it's made me uh, opinionated, angry, whatever. And I realize that I've got to, I've got to fix that. I've got to, I've got to start trying to work on that, transforming that out of my life. You know, whether it's a maybe it's a it's a it's a cultural thing. Maybe it's because of, of some gen, gen, genetically, I am you know uh, my my dad was was German. My mother was Czech. I'm Czech and German. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty volatile combination. Okay? That explains a lot. Yeah, it's pretty. You know, it's it's very hard headedness, and you and and I've had to learn, and I haven't gotten a complete handle, but I've had to learn, especially you know in my family. Uh, you know, uh, put my wife to a point at times where she's looking at me and glaring at me with those eyes and I know what's coming. You know, I've just stepped over the line. I've stepped over into that place where I don't need to go. And it's because of my personality. Well, I'm, I'm trying to dial that back. Well, and it's, and it's, it's hard. A, it's a long, it's a long, lifelong yes. process. It's and that's what I wanted them to see. So it's never going to end. And I think that's that's one of the, the more important things that you can understand. Mm -hmm. You're always going to have more to grow. The goal, right, the 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 goal that we're headed towards mm -hmm. is Christ himself. Absolutely. So it's yeah. not, I'm not trying to grow into you. Yeah. You're not trying to grow no. into me. Mm -mm. I We're both trying to grow into Christ. And it's real easy to, to for you to look at me or me to look at you and go, these are all the ways you're missing that. Yeah that's that's going to happen that's going to be part of it part of it is it's a lifelong process and my that's why we don't stand in judgment of each other that's God right does you know it, it's fine to say well hey brother you know maybe we could do it this way or maybe we could do it that way but there's no condemnation there mm -hmm. right it takes it takes discernment it takes a, a type of judgment to go i don't want to do that that's not okay. Well, he, you know, it, he, but there's no condemnation. He told it. us to be fruit inspectors, but I mean, yeah. he told us to do that. 
Uh, just be careful how you judge people. Huh? Be careful how you see people. You know, look at your own self in the mirror first. He didn't tell right. me, he, James didn't tell me to take you to the mirror and make right. you look. That's he right. told me to look in the mirror. That's right. And so I'm supposed to be looking in the mirror and saying, okay, what's, what has Dan got to do? Not what is that person or that person or that person. Well, that person wronged me. Well, what, you know, it's what do I need to do? It's easier to see the problems in someone else than it is the problems in, in yourself. The question is, what are you going to do when you see those problems? Mm -hmm. And I think, a lot what we what we need to do is we need to have a lot of grace for each other i think need, and i think this is a great forum because we're looking and we're trying to connect just like the next chapter you know the next chapter is about rules for priests well what do you think we are yeah we are priests that's what he taught that's he's and you know and we're going to get into that i think i think we you know i really wanted them just to understand how holiness translates to us well, and what do we need to look, do with it's it? It's an important discussion, and, and we haven't really had this discussion yet. Right? I don't think we have. Either. We've been looking at we've been looking at the call to holiness, and we've been looking at how they put that into practice, and we've looked at how we're called to do it differently. But then, how do we do that, right? How how is it that we're doing it differently? Mm -hmm. And that's what this this conversation and, is really and about. And I think I think the church has to. The, I think you know, guys, when you find a place to go. That, you know, I've, I've just dealt with with a situation where, you know, people got out of that. They got away from that uh, that uh, dynamic of church family mm -hmm. and went to another place where it wasn't that, that dynamic. And it and it caused a great deal of harm in their life because they weren't ready for that. Right. You know, and and when you when you see a family, you're looking for it like you look for a family. You know, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. I'm going to have to go here. That means I drive two and a half hours or I drive three hours a day on Sunday to go to church. Right. You know, OK, that's fine. But did it did it benefit you spiritually? Obviously, it did. Because oh, look yeah. at where you are now. You know, I mean, I can't even envision, you know, when I when I first became a Christian, not being here and not being sitting at the feet of the of the great master teachers that I got to sit at the feet of. You know, they wouldn't say that. You know, they would say it was all God did. I mean, that's true. But God was using them to teach me, you know, sitting at the feet of Rudy Ray and Dwayne Wheeler and some, and and Gary Underwood and the guys sitting in a class and thinking, I'll never get to that place. How, how do they, these guys get this smart? But, you know, and then finding myself serving in the same room with a guy like Gary Underwood. That's That was amazing to me, you know. Uh, and having that dynamic, that's why I'm saying, guys, when when you look for a church, make sure, you know, I had somebody tell me the other day, I said, I'm tired of going to a church that just teaches fluff. I don't want to listen to fluff no more. You know, well, you know, we're not going to teach fluff. Right. We're not yeah. going to do it on this program, and we're not going to do it at, on, at service. You're certainly not going to do it preaching. Yeah. Neither am I. Uh, and I think that it's a very important for you. To, to If you're going to get a handle on yourself and your personality traits and all of those things, you've got to have help. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, because uh, I used to be a paramedic, mm -hmm. and they said, so what, you know, is, is was that job more stressful? Is this job more stressful? Like, if you could go back and be a paramedic, would you, you know, what, how did, how did the jobs compare? It was really the question. And I said, you know, the difference between being a paramedic and being a preacher um, is that when you're a paramedic, everybody, everybody agrees that this is a serious situation where somebody's life could be at stake. Like when you walk into a room and you see that person on the floor doing that number, you know, nobody is going like, hey, no, it's all good. Yeah, everything's okay. fine. Everything's okay. all right. Um, so you can take the drastic steps you need to take mm -hmm. to make the difference in that person's life. And everybody's willing to go along with it because everybody sees that death is imminent. So the difference. Or they preacher, think death may be. Or imminent. they think that yeah. death may be imminent. Right. The difference as a preacher is nobody realizes we're all dying. 
You walk into <laughs> a room, you walk into a room and you see someone that is absolutely so what we used to call circling the drain. If I walk into a room and I see a patient doing this, I'm like, they're circling the drain. They're going to die here very soon. I walked into a jail and uh, I had a patient who was sitting there. Everything looked great, but his heart rate was 183, 193, 200. As I'm talking to him, he has a history of hypertension, high blood pressure, and his blood pressure is better than mine. It's like 110. Well, why? Because all of a sudden he's healthy? No, because he's circling the drain. His heart is beating so fast that his heart can't put out the blood pressure that it needs to. He is dying as I'm looking at him, right? And nobody around except for me in this room has figured out that this man is dying. My partner has a good idea, right? Because I'm going, partner, we're going to need this. We're going to need that. So she's figuring out real quick that this guy is in serious condition. But the jailers are all looking at me like, well, what's the big deal? He's fine. And I'm like, yeah, in five minutes, he's going to be on the floor dead. So <laughs> he's not fine. And yeah. Uh, yeah. as a preacher, as, as a student of the word of God, that's where everyone is at. That's not everyone. I say everyone. I don't, I'm not trying to be dramatic, but I mean, that's where a lot of people you interact with are at spiritually. And the consequences are much graver than they're just going to lose yeah. their mortal yeah. life. Yeah. But the difference is it's like everyone's that jailer, mm -hmm. right? I had to look at that jailer and I had to say, we don't have time for you to call the off jailer to come in to relieve you so you can put shackles on this guy so we can go that's 45 minutes he's going to be dead in five you need to we need to get him in my ambulance now and we need to get rolling to the hospital now otherwise he's dead right mm -hmm. i had to say that with spiritual issues it's just like that people are on the floor going <gasps> circling the drain and there's and, and nobody wants to do anything about it Everybody because just, because they're spiritual issues because, because they they, right. they can't see because they don't know the book they don't know God they don't have a, a relationship they have a relationship that people have taught them that this is acceptable behavior right Go ahead this and is do okay this. yeah and most churches that's where they are yeah most churches are teaching fluff this that's this what, is like well and the big one I would say the big the big the big issue today maybe not the big issue back in the fifties or the forties or thirties right or even back in the eighteen hundred the big issue today. I would say is sexuality. Mm -hmm. We have churches that are running around, preachers that are running around, pastors that are running around telling people, hey, God is, it's all about love and God is okay with love. He's okay with women marrying women and men marrying men. And we have men. that same dynamic in celebrities of the day that our young people are watching. Celebrities are saying, I believe that God is a God of love. And, and I heard right. one say that just the other day. And, and there's a there's truth there. God is love. First John, he tells us that God is love. But he tells us what love is. But love is not doing whatever you want to do. Yeah. Or And love is certainly not telling people it's okay to do whatever and you want to do. And to be holy, you have to have a standard to go by. And that's why I wanted you to talk about it. You know, they've heard me talk about it. They've heard you ask me questions numerous times. I want to ask you a question so they can say, okay, this is where this young guy, this 35-year-old guy with a young family with little bitty kids running around, this is what he struggled with. This is where he's at. And I can do that, you know, because I, I have the same dynamic. Or I can look at that old guy and I say, you know, maybe I'll get there one day. And, I, and you know, I got to listen to what he's telling me. I'm telling you. Here's the standard. You, know you can't be holy is, without the standard. You know what my biggest struggle is right now? What's that? Politics. Politics? Politics. I grew up in a household where that's all we talked about. 
that was it. We talked about politics. We talked about, I got an award when I was in like pre-K or kindergarten. My, my parents talk about it and tell me this all the time. I got an award when I was in pre-K kindergartner. I was the most politically aware pre-K kindergartner really? there was. Really? Yeah, well, because all my dad did in the mornings when dropping my older brother and myself off at school was talk politics. Was talk politics. He'd, he'd listen to Rush Limbaugh and he'd talk politics. So man, I could spit out the political situation of the meant. day. No idea what it meant, but I could regurgitate, <laughs> yeah. you know? So my whole life has been consumed with politics. And so I want to talk about that, right? I find it interesting, I, you know, the, the dynamics of it and everything like that. And what I've realized is none of that is going to save anybody. No, no. None of and that is going to save anybody. you said that numerous times. If you watched his sermons, he said that numerous times in Look, the last month. I don't care what color your party is. It's really irrelevant. They're the same thing. They're working towards the same ends. And what I mean by that is they pretend they care about these social issues. They do not. They don't care about those issues. They pretend to care about a lot of things. They say a lot of things. They don't care about any of it. All right. Now, look, I don't know any of these people personally, but I've been watching politics my whole life and it's the same thing every day. You know what they care about? Their bottom line. That's what they care about. <laughs> yeah. And it shows by what they vote. Now, this might not be every single congressman. This might not be every single representative. I'm sure your congressman and your representative and your senator is a wonderful person. But if you watch what they do, what they seem to care about as a whole is their bottom line, is money. You do have a problem with this, don't you? Oh, man. <laughs> it's so difficult. Mm -hmm. Because don't you know, Dan, if my guys were there, things would be you better. You know what? I, what it's I, nonsense. I had the same problem. And, and I still, I, I watch politics too. And, I, and, I, and I'm concerned about what happens in our country and what happens in family. Yeah. But you know what I'm more concerned about? That guy that left here and went to another place and left that family dynamic. And then I get a phone call and his life's falling apart. That is vastly more important. You know, we we had we had a time when what when there was something going on here, and and there was some people came to me and said, oh, "I don't believe we're doing this," and it was painting the wall, painting I don't know what it, it was something we were doing with the building. Okay, yeah. it wasn't spiritual stuff. Oh, I can't believe we're doing this, and I said, "You know what?" I said, "I really don't care." Yeah, I don't care. And let's say it was paint that you if you put if you paint it with polka dots, I don't care. I said, "You know what I care about? I care about that young lady." And I called her by name and I said that I haven't seen in a week, in a month. And she's got a family and she's got no husband. And she's, and she's, uh, she has, it's been a struggle for her from day one. That's what I care about. That's right. Put polka dots on the wall, but leave me alone and let me go deal with that lady because that's what's more important. You know, I don't, I, I'm concerned about politics, but you know, in the end of it all, that ain't going to save you. Nope. And most of us are all going to be dead and gone before they get a handle on anything. And you know what? God says, I want your life. And he said, if everything else is more important than I am, they said, then you don't, then I don't have you. And if you're going to be holy, then you've got to make the decision that he's more important than everything else. That's right. And if, and once you make that decision, then it, it, it gets easy. It gets easy to make, it gets easy to stand on the tarmac at the hospital with a helicopter going, your wife on a gurney, and they're fixing to load her in that helicopter. And you take the time to pray with two paramedics that you don't have a clue what their names are. That's amazing. No. My wife could have died. But you know what I think about more than anything is those two ladies that we prayed with, got to pray with. Yeah. You know, you remember that mm -hmm. praying with those two ladies. And I thought, wow, what a neat thing, man. And all the people we interacted with as a family, you know, during that whole week that we were gone, 
you know, and, and my wife is, you know, touch and go for the first day. Is she going to die or not? And it's a hope. The reason we can, we can do that. The reason we can have those perspectives is because we have hope. Yeah. We know if, if, you know, and, Georgia and, you know, goes, yeah. we know where she's going. You know, you know, and these guys, he's saying, guys, I'm going to put you on a journey. Yeah. You're going and you're going to pass a lot of bad stuff. I'm going to be here. I'm going to show you I'm going to be here because I'm going to be here with a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. I'm going to be, you're going to always know I'm there because you can't explain that pillar of cloud. And you can't explain that pillar of fire. Can't explain it. Got to be some explanation and be, and they can't. And, and look, in Luke 22, the way this was played out were things like these regulations, mm -hmm. these, these things where it says, or Luke 21, or I said Luke, Leviticus, rather, uh -huh. sorry, Leviticus 21, right? Verse five, priests must not, must not shave their heads or shave off the edges of their beards mm -hmm. or cut their bodies. They must be holy to their God. Why does he say that? Because in the culture that they were going, first of all, it's a shadow. Yeah. The whole, all of this is a shadow pointing what to he the tells, holiness that's that what we, he tells Hebrews. pointing to today. It's mm -hmm. all a shadow. So this isn't the reality. It's a shadow. Second of all, this is how they showed then how they were set apart from the cultures around them, mm -hmm. right? He's going to have regulations for everything, even the practice of slavery. Why? Yeah. Because God's okay with slavery? No, oh. God's not okay with slavery. Paul says, look, if you're a slave trader, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. God is not okay with slave slavery, okay? But he's looking at a culture that existed back then, thousands of years ago, and he's looking at that culture and he's saying, this is how you be holy in your world. Yeah. He looks at us today and he says, this is how you be holy in your world. Yeah. And for us... It's focusing on the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, Absolutely. peace, patience, Absolutely. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, yep. gentleness, and self-control. For us, it's not focusing on, for me specifically, right? Because we can even get specific with it. For me specifically, it's not putting my hope and trust and faith in politics, in some political party, but, my but rather putting my hope and my focus on him. Yeah. I'm going to preach... Uh, well, by the time this comes out, I'll have already preached it, but I'm going to preach out of Colossians chapter three. And uh, Paul says, let the peace of Christ Dwell. rule yeah. in your heart. Yeah. And, and this idea, the idea there is letting the peace of Christ be the determining factor of your life. You know, when I skew politics and I focus on my God and I focus on his mission and I focus on the people in front of me, that's exactly what I'm doing because I will never have peace. No, I will never have, no, look, no. my dad screamed at the radio his entire life, and he's still screaming at it today. You know, no peace in politics. My, I, and I told my classes this the other day, Georgia, you know, and Georgia, I love her. I mean, she's so sweet. And I mean, she did, you know, and, and I'm in the, in the room and I'm screaming in the room. And she said, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? And I was watching a pro program on TV about, about the life of Jesus, and they had it all messed up. I mean, it was... And I'm screaming, if you're going to put it on TV, at least get it from the book and get it right. You know, and, and I, so we find other things to scream about yeah. because that's important to us, you know, and it is important. You know, people's spirits, that, why do we take time out of our day to do this? Because you guys are important to us. Yeah. You know, you're important. You know, we understand that, that, you know, life is short. That's right. And you could be at the precipice right now. You could be hanging, looking over the edge and saying, you know, is God going to save me or is he not? I think he's going to save me because my preacher told me that a couple of weeks ago, you know, or you're confident he's going to save you because, because you know the book and you know what he said. He says in first John chapter five, he said that he said, I write these things to you that you might know you have eternal life. Not that you can guess or figure hope. So I hope I'm going to heaven to know you're going, yeah. you know, that's what God said. So, 
you know, there's a lot of things in there, guys. You don't know. Maybe you don't know what it says. You know, well, that's why we're here. I told a lady that this morning. Of course, that'll be, we're going to study tonight with her. But but uh, I told her, I said, she said, I don't know any of this stuff. And I said, that's what I'm here for. That's right. That's what I'm here for, to help you to navigate through it. I was at that place. I needed somebody in my life. And now I'm that person in your life. Be that person in somebody's life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Absolutely. God. Absolutely. But how can they, how can they hear if no one goes and if tells them? If nobody goes and tells them. he says anything. So, so you know, I know I, we spent, you know, and when we get next week, we'll look at, at what it means to be a priest. We'll look at Revelation chapter five. We'll look at first Peter chapter two, you know, where it talks about us being priests and, and what are the regulations? What do they mean for us today? It's so easy to look through Leviticus and to see all these things and to go, well, wait a minute. Why does this apply? Why does this not apply? Why does it, I mean, cause like these priestly regulations with shaving their heads and stuff, why does that not apply anymore? And, it, and it's important to understand that yes, this is a shadow. There is reality that is played out in, in our day and time, mm -hmm. right? There are some things back here that still apply, right? Why do they still apply? Because we're told in the New Testament That's they still exactly apply. Right. That's exactly right? right. It has Excellent. nothing to do with, exactly oh, well, Cole's right. picking and choosing. No, 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 no. I can go to the New Testament and, and I can let look. let Jesus tell us. Well, and I can look at his apostles and I can look at his apostles who say, look, if you live this way, you will not inherit the kingdom gonna, of God. I'm going to do a class in, in on Wednesday night about at the end of the book of Acts. It talks about. Paul gets mad and he said, you know, he's trying to tell these people and he gets mad because they ain't listening. They're walking, half of them walking off. And he said, he, this is exactly what Isaiah said. He said, he told Isaiah, you go to these people. He said, because they're going to be ever here and never here. They're going to be ever seeing and never see. And he said, because if they did, he said, I'd save them. I'd save them. But I can't save them because they won't, they won't hear. They won't see. And that's the trend. And Jesus that's quoted, that's quoted again. Paul quotes it. Yeah. Jesus quotes the same thing in another place. He says, listen to me. Yep. Listen to me. So, guys, I hope this was this was helpful. You know, we didn't really cover a whole lot. We'll look at some. Well, in I think we, we we absolutely talked about holiness. Yeah. And we needed to have this conversation. I, I, I hope that's true. I hope you guys benefited from it because God's made it possible for us to be holy. And we need to thank him for that. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to be in a place where you can see us as holy. Where we can where we can find ourselves becoming set apart from the evil and the and the problems of the world. Problems aren't going to go away, Father. Temptation's not going to go away. Satan's not going to go away. But becoming holy can give us the strength and the focus and the and the determination uh, to continue on and to keep on and to make right better choices and make right choices. And Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity. We know that this holiness is not because of us. It's because of you. And we're holy and we and we live this life because you're that way. And we thank you for it. Bless us, Father, as we as we strive to apply these things to our lives. Help us to learn them and to be uh, and to be uh, cognizant of them all the time. Thank you, Father. And thank you for Jesus, because we know it's his. He's the reason that we're where we are. Thank you for him. It's in his name and by his authority. We pray. Amen.